Hi, this is Jen Morris. And Angie Fiedler-Sutton. And you're listening to Episode 8 of Stage Savvy. Welcome to episode eight of Stage Savvy. We're here to actually interview each other today. Woohoo! You've gotten to hear so much of our thoughts and experiences, and we'd like to share a little bit more of our background so you get to know us a little bit better this week. Find I'm, out what makes us tick and who we are. That's right. Maybe you'll learn too much. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm going to start off by interviewing Angie so you can get to know her a little bit better. First off, kind of tell us what you do here in Kansas City so we can kind of know who you are if we run into you in public. <laughs> well, um, my day job, quote unquote, is I am currently a temp at State Street Financial Institution, which is downtown. That is not what I went to school for. I actually went to Park College back when it was Park College and not Park University, as I think I've said, to get a degree in journalism. And then I spent the following 10 or so years doing administrative assistant work because I can type 80 words per minute and I learn computer programs very fast. I've spent about 10 years of my career working in nonprofits, and I'm hoping to get back into that. But with the economy the way it is and the job situation the way it is, I'm just kind of getting the jobs that come my way. Hence the temping. So when I'm not temping, I volunteer with Casey Stage Magazine, obviously. I've talked about that before. I've been with them for about 10 years now. They're getting ready to celebrate their 12th anniversary in November. And technically, I've been helping them since about the second issue. Diane Bullen had approached me when I was directing greetings at Northgate to uh, have one of my actors be their spotlight for their second issue. And I had offered to write articles then. But I didn't join the staff till a contributor party happened that I got invited to. And I kept on pestering Richard Buswell, who was the <laughs> managing editor then, finally, with various ideas and suggestions because I was trying to go into uh, – I have a little bit of marketing knowledge, too. And I was trying to expand, do that whole – trying to get that career in nonprofit, that whole get experience – you need experience to get experience. So I was volunteering in a variety of ways with various arts organizations. And so I kept on giving him suggestions till he finally said, you know what, you're on staff. So <laughs> when I'm not doing that, I've worked with various theaters, and I also am in the middle of coordinating the Free Night of the Theater Kansas City program that I just decided to do this year, and we'll probably do again next year. So if you see me around, it's uh, probably at a theater event, a performing arts event, and it's getting very odd. In May of 2010, I was um, accepted to be a fellow at the NAA Fellowship, uh, as I've mentioned before, and ever since then, I've really made a concerted effort to try and increase my brand as a journalist and I know that sounds I hate that phrase increase the brand but that makes you know that's the only phrase that works and so I've been going to a lot more shows and doing a lot more reviews and I'm starting to get recognized and it's really weird I mean it's when I talk about the NAA fellowship and I may come across as a little holier than thou it's not that it's that I keep on waiting for someone to come out from the wings and and tell me I'm not supposed to be there this happened (laughs) this happened last night I, I went to the opening night for August Osage County and which will probably be over by the time this posts but I was there as a reviewer and I was talking to Paul Tyler with the Arts Council and Cynthia Ryder, the managing director of the KC Rep, came up to talk to him and I started talking to her because I had applied to be her assistant, which I did not get the job. 
But in talking with her and talking with him, I kept waiting for someone to come up and say, um, Angie, are you really supposed to be talking to these two people? <laughs> so it's, it's a really weird, bizarre sensation as people are starting to, I mean, I've had people start recognizing me at events going, oh, you're with Casey Stage. And it's, it's a very humbling experience. Sure. Absolutely. Well, that's, it's quite an experience you have had with Casey Stage. But let's kind of start at the beginning. We've talked a little bit about our background when we've been on these podcasts, but tell us where you grew up. Well, I grew up in a small town about an hour southwest of St. Louis. It's called Sullivan, Missouri. It's between Rolla and St. Louis and I-44, if you're familiar with that side of the state. Lived there till I went to college at Park and then pretty much moved up here then. But my family's still around that area, so I go down for Christmas and the occasional other holiday, like when my nephew, who was born the year I graduated high school, graduated high school this past (laughs) year, made me feel very old. So Absolutely. Well, in that small town experience, tell us a little bit about how you got introduced to theater. I know you went to Park for journalism. What were your first interactions with theater and with journalism that sparked your interest to go to park and go there? Well, um, growing up in Sullivan, my grandmother was always taking me to the Muni in St. Louis. And when I was in high school, I had a good friend who uh, she and I would go there. They have free seats, a free seat section. And it was one of those things that was an event. You had to show up hours early. You would usually pack a lunch and all that. We made a regular trip during, uh, through actually a couple of years of our college years too, where we would go there and see shows. So I was always seeing shows from when I was little because of my voice and because I was the type of person that could project very well. I was also very uh, often cast in, in school productions. And also I was a church kid. My dad was a preacher, although my parents divorced when I was four. So it wasn't that I was his church, but you know, it was one of those things I was always asked to be the reader in church for the various gospels and stuff like that. And also the church, the Christmas plays. And I actually first auditioned knowing it was a show that I wanted to audition for in um, my junior year of high school. And that was the infamous comedy of errors, which we've talked about before. (laughs) And when I went to park, I actually was not going for a journalism degree. I was actually wanting to be an English teacher until I decided I was not a big fan of kids (laughs) and didn't have the patience for them. I mean, they're great when they're other people's and, and they're great when I can turn them around and send them back home anytime I want. But I did not, I felt I did not have the patience to do a full day's work of dealing with them on a regular basis. And so knowing my smarts, but because I've always loved to write. I wrote my first story when I was in second grade. It was a lovely story about a polychromatic monster. (laughs) And I would used to tell haunted house stories to a kid on the bus and actually from age 12, had started writing a fantasy novel that I did finish and I recently reread and realized it will never see the light of day. (laughs) It is not the best. But I've always loved to write and I've always been good at essays and I've always been good at research papers in in school. And so trying to decide, you know, having a major in English, the only thing I could think of that you could do with said English major would be an English teacher. So I was looking at various other options and journalism felt like it kind of still fit in that theme where I could still do that writing, do that non fiction writing that I was doing so well with research papers and essays and stuff like that. And so I got into the journalism program, also worked on the, they call it a yearbook, but it wasn't your standard yearbook format at Park. It's called the Narva and it's more of a magazine. My senior project was doing a, basically a Casey Stage magazine. It was called Spotlight and it was more generally arts, not specifically performing arts. And so that's kind of what drew me to when Diane introduced herself and showed me Casey Stage, why I, do, why I wanted to help out, because it was exactly what I had talked about in my senior project. And so that's what got me involved in that. 
All right. Well, and you know, last the last episode we met a charming individual. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your husband and your your family here. Well, um, Rich and I met when we both were working at Six Flags over Mid America, Six Flags St. Louis, I think is what it's called now in Eureka. We were both ushers. Well, actually, when we first met, I was involved in. I was one of those people where you could sign up to win a car. Apparently, mm-hmm. it was a scam, but I didn't know it at the time for, for, for timeshares. But I'd gone up to this show called Miss Kitty Saloon. If you're familiar with Six Flags, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And he was the usher there, and I had asked him about auditions, if he knew anything about when they had auditions and whatnot, because I was trying to break out into that theater world. And he pretty much directly asked me out, and that was the first time that that had ever happened. Any of my previous boyfriends, I had been the one to make the first move. And I had just gotten over a bad breakup. I was in that mode of screw it. And he was actually supposed to be rebound boy. He, I was not <laughs> planning on doing anything but using him and uh, throwing him away when I was done. And he and I have talked about this. And he was fine with that at the time because he, he knew, he says he knew immediately that he wanted to marry me. And in fact, he actually asked me to marry me within a month of meeting me. Wow. To which I said no that first time, but he persisted. You know, some people call it romance. Some people call it stalking. <laughs> some people call it courting is his joke. But no, he was very persistent. He's technically a school year younger than me, even though he's the same age. He's in October, mine's in May. And so because of that few months difference, he was actually a school year behind me. And he was actually planning on going to park as well. And so he went and followed me there. We found somebody to live with him. And we just decided it made more sense to live together rather than have two separate entities. Nothing dirty about it, although, of course, that was the added incentive. But um, (laughs) it was mostly just practical. It made sense to just combine it. And we finally got married in 99 in a Renaissance-style uh, wedding, and we've uh, been married since. And we uh, do not plan on having kids. Again, back to my I love kids when they're other people's. <laughs> but we had a cat and a dog that recently passed, and we just got a new cat about two years ago. To And uh, Nico is the new cat. We joke that she thinks she's a dog. She has very dog-like tendencies. She <laughs> likes to, her tail wags when she's happy. She likes to chase her tail and various other aspects. Very good, very good. Just we'll wrap up our little conversation here real quick. Give me your dream role. I know you do on stage and backstage do you have a dream on stage role and a dream backstage role dream on stage role well it's my running joke is i want to be the understudy to judy dench if she ever gets to be the old biddy in arsenic and old lace <laughs> <laughs> no i actually i want to be one of the old biddies in arsenic and old lace i think that's a hilarious role i tend to have a much better comic timing than i do dramatic timing and the few times i have been able to do comedy i've thoroughly enjoyed it and drama is good too and you definitely comedy is much harder but i like the comedy roles i know it's typically cast by a man but lady Brecknell and oscar wilde's the important of being earnest is mm-hmm. another one that I'd love to play, mainly because I am masculine enough to where it will still kind of look like a man in drag. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, dream backstage role. There's a, actually a couple of shows that I'd love to direct still. Um, one is called P.S. Your Cat is Dead. We've talked about it on the podcast before. And there's also a show I got to see when I was at the NEA Fellowship called The 20th Century Way. It was actually a new show. He took it to, the, I want to say, in the New York Fringe. And I'm actually contemplating contacting him to see about maybe producing it in Kansas City. I don't know about directing it because it's one of those shows I want to make sure is done right. And so I want to make sure to get somebody who who's a better director than I because it's not a show that can be half done Mm -hmm. I mean it's one of those that if it's half done it's going to be done wrong 
So sure. I'm thinking of more maybe becoming a producer as opposed to, to the director and just hiring someone else to direct it. So it will be done right. P.S. Your Cat is Dead, not so much. I figure that's a silly enough play to where I can uh, I can direct it. And if I mess up it once or twice, it's going to be okay. So. Absolutely. So now on to you. Oh, no. (laughs) So uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Are you a Kansas City native? I'm not a Kansas City native. I grew up in East Texas, a small town, White House, Texas, outside of Tyler. We actually moved to Kansas City when I was a junior in high school, and I ended up going to, I graduated from Olathe East High School, and then I went to Southwest Baptist University in Bolivar, Missouri, and came back here because I really enjoyed it here in Kansas City and, and had some opportunity. My family ended up moving back to Texas my first year of college. I'm like, so you moved up here so I could leave all my friends that I grew up with and graduate here, and then you leave. <laughs> but uh, the, it's fine. I've actually really enjoyed being here. I actually just got married literally a week ago <laughs> to Chuck Smith. We actually met doing the Comedy of Errors yes. that you directed. You were our uh, mysterious puppet master that brought us together as a director. And uh, we have a beautiful little boy named Finn, which you've heard on the podcast a few times. He's gotten a lot more vocal, so I've let him stay home with Dad a little more often. <laughs> but yes, I've, I've been here for 10 years now total, and I, I really enjoyed here. I love the arts here. I did not grow up with the arts in small town Texas. Not that I wasn't cultivated and brought into that. I did have that opportunity once I found it, but it's not something that we necessarily went to shows when I was a kid or or went and did anything like that. That was all instigated on my own. And I actually just like, uh, our background is actually very similar. How I got into theater was just being a church kid and being the one who always got cast in the shows and, and doing all that. I'm a little quiet still now. If you ever met me on the street, I'm not a, an overly boisterous person unless you uh, put me in front of a bunch of people, ironically. But I was very, very quiet as a kid. And our music minister who was doing the kids production when I was in fifth grade put me in a leading role and I think he went out on a limb there putting the quiet kid in the leading role and I just busted out and blossomed right there and found out that I really really liked being in front of everyone and entertaining them and being funny and and in doing all of that so that was when I caught the bug and I've kept running with it ever since. Well, um, what was your first show in Kansas City that you did? In Kansas City? Well, technically, it would have been in high school. Okay. So I believe that was Arsenic and Old Lace. Yep. It was uh, Miss Witherspoon. It's actually Mr. Witherspoon <laughs> in the play in the very end. But it was my first small role here. And I kept going with all the shows there at the East. Lee Hitchler was our uh, director at that time. She, she retired last year. And we had a great time, Um, did several shows there. I guess my first community show that I did here was with The Barn and The Man Who Came to Dinner. I did that show. Uh, Bill Pelletier was the lead there. And it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing that. It was directed by Jessica Franz, who has done several shows around in the area. And that kind of started my my community world and, and professional world here. So what do you do to pay the bills? I am an academic counselor at the University of Phoenix. I have to make the disclaimer that all opinions are mine, not that of the University of (laughs) Phoenix, because they're much larger than I am. But I really enjoy my job. I actually am a counselor. All the Midwest academic and finance advisors are located in Lenexa, Kansas, and we advise the Midwest region. My campus that I advise is in Northwest Indiana, and I basically help students 
who are just trying to get their degree, make sure that they're in the right program, give them the guidance and be their support in that transition. And as you know, the University of Phoenix, it's adult learners, so it's a unique situation in, in helping adults uh, reach their goals. So how did you get into that? Is, I mean, is your degree in, in, that, in counseling or anything like that? I double majored in theater and communications, and I actually worked in the fitness industry for the first few years. I was out of school for like almost four years, and it was great because it gave me the schedule I needed to do theater at night. I love that, but it it was not very mentally stimulating. It got to where it was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm so bored. It, it just felt like a big waste of time. And so Laura Roos, who is another actress in the Kansas City world, I'm sure you've seen her several times. She does a lot of the shows at the barn in Okta. And she works there and, and referred me over and been there ever since. I, I really enjoyed it. It was something I always wanted to do when I was a kid, as I thought being a guidance counselor would be a lot of fun. And then I had that opportunity to show up, and I was like, wow, I, I think I'd really like to go after that. And I have to say, I really, really, really enjoy my day job. Now, back to theater. You've done both on stage and backstage. You're yep. also, you're, you're like me. We've talked about stage managing and stuff like that. What other backstage roles have you done? Have you done anything uh, anything other than stage managing? Stage managing, assistant stage managing, directing. You have directed? Director. Mm-hmm. What did you direct? I directed a Bake Off when I was in college. It is a short comedy. It is about two contestants and the Pillsbury Bake Off. It occurs every year in real life, but basically a comedy ensues when two competitors get a little crazy. And it also includes the Pillsbury Doughboy. Awesome. Um, coming in, I thought it was hilarious, mm-hmm. and I picked it myself. I loved it. But I've also, mo- most of the bigger productions I have assistant directed, Deal Pier, Hello Dolly, Into the Woods, a lot of musicals because I can't sing, and I wanted to be involved somehow. So, yeah, I've, I couldn't do the singing part, and I had to find some way to be involved because I really like musicals. So what's your favorite production that you've done so far? I would say... There's a lot of productions that I've really enjoyed, but I would say I played Rita in Rocket Man when I was in college by Stephen Dietz. I loved that role. There's something that most actors know. There's always that r- role out there where you transcend, mm-hmm. um, where you just have that moment on stage where you're, you are that character. You are in that moment 100%, and it's a fully creative moment where you kind of go to the next level, and that was one of those roles for me where... I was really able to take it to the next level and and, and be truly a part of that production. And and I think everyone who was in that show felt that way with me. And uh, I know that she and her productions are going to be doing Rocket Man this upcoming June. So I guess it's almost a year now. But um, I know they're going to do Rocket Man. And actually, my co-star is directing it. John Wayne Meyer is going to end up directing it there. And we were in it together in college. And we loved the show. Cool, cool. So do you prefer drama or comedy, or do you have a preference? I prefer comedy. It's more of a challenge, and I really enjoy making people laugh. It's part of being a ham. 
A large ham. Yes. And yeah, I, one of these days I want to have one of those rolls where I just chew the scenery all over the yeah. place. Because, the, I mean, just looking at some of the people who do that, they just look like they're having so much fun doing oh, yeah. that. <laughs> I, I love it. And, you know, a lot of those little rolls that I've had, I, I'm the queen of little rolls. I, I do a lot of those itty-bitty bit parts, and I always make sure that I add something in it to make it interesting. Um, I was in Tartuffe, and I was like the flip of the maid, and you're in there the first five minutes. And so I decided that because there was no real role for this other than being a prop for a comic moment where, the, you know, the grandma slaps me, I decided it was going to be a klepto. So I started stealing things on stage just because I was bored and needed to to make that role interesting. And I ended up having people were, I saw you steal that. I saw you. And I'm like, I was in there five minutes and everyone knows who I am. <laughs> so why do you do theater? What What draws you about it? I just can't help myself. <laughs> um, and there's a lot more truth in that statement than I, I probably care to tell you. But I, I am so drawn to it. It's like a moth to a flame. I just... I got to do it. I just, I have to. It feeds my soul. It feeds my well-being. I, I joke that when I went to school, I got, uh, I've got, i got, a deg- you know, the degree in theater and communications. Communication will film, feed my belly. Theater feeds my soul. It absolutely 100% makes me a happier, more joyful person. And I, I think if you find a passion that, that gives you that joy, you, you have to pursue it. Okay, we're going to wrap it up, but uh, before we take our break, I figure we'll each answer the various questions from inside the actor studio. I know that a lot of people consider um, uh, James Lipton kind of pretentious and whatnot, but James I, Lipton. But I actually like watching these, uh, and I actually I think the questionnaire is very insightful and very hilarious. So this is for both of us. You go, and then I go. What is your favorite word? Joke. I would have to say onomatopoeia, just because I love That's saying awesome. it. Yes. What is your least favorite word? Moist. Alliteration. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, another, yeah. My tongue triples, trips on that. What turns you on? Chocolate. Two hot men. <laughs> Let's go with that. Hot man on man action. But no, creatively, I would say a really good story. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So what turns you off? Injustice. Petty meanness. Yeah. Not just meanness, but meanness for no purpose. Yeah. So, what sound or noise do you love? My son's laughter. I don't get to hear it very often now since we're in a different place, but the wind chimes that we used to have outside of our other apartment, I loved listening to those. I would just sit there and... What sound or noise do you hate? Yelling. I'm one of those people, fingernails on the chalkboard. (laughs) (laughs) What profession would you like to attempt? I think I would go back to the first profession I ever wanted when I was two years old. I wanted to be the donut lady, the person at Dunkin' Donuts who got their first thing in the morning, made the donuts because everyone loves the donut lady. Astronaut. I always wanted, <laughs> I love you know. sci-fi uh, for anybody who knows me knows that. And I would love to be the first person to travel to Mars or something like that. Never going to do it because I'm never in shape. But, you know, what profession would you not like to do? I would not... If you've ever seen the show Dirty Jobs, the answer is yes. <laughs> Bill collector. Oh. My current job as a call person at State Street, it's not quite as bad, but it's made me realize that it could be worse. I could be a bill collector. Yeah. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? What's up, homie? <laughs> Everybody that you want to see is right over there. Mm-hmm. And then finally, my favorite, of course, everybody's favorite. What's your favorite curse word? Well, I can't say it. Yeah, you can. It's F dash dash dash. Oh, yeah. 
fuck's my favorite one too. I, I love a good F strike. Gotta remember, we don't have to worry about F- F- FCC. I just That's have to put true. a but just have to put a disclaimer on it. But no, I, good precision. Sorry, although I do have some wonderful what I've nicknamed swear substitutes because I've learned that when I do swear, I swear like a Sicilian sailor. Um, my latest one has been Punky Brewster. Which, it's an old TV yes. show from the 80s, of course. But yeah, just say it when you're really pissed. Just go, Punky Brewster! It actually works. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be right back. Hello, this is Ron McGee, and I'm sitting here. God, what was the name <laughs> of that program? What was it? What was it? Stage Savvy. Stage Savvy. Stage Savvy. Stage Savvy. Stage Savvy. Stage. Sounds like a dish. Is it a food show? I don't understand. I'm confused. Why was I asked to do this? Mm, I'm craving chicken. <laughs> Thank you for listening to episode 8 of Stage Savvy, hosted by Jen Morris. And Angie Fiedler Sutton. We hope you enjoyed it, and we would love to hear your feedback. You can send us comments in several ways. You can comment on the blog posting for this podcast over at angiefsutton.wordpress.com which is also where you can find the show notes for the podcast, including a link of some of the things we talked about in the episode. You can also email A Feedler, that's A, F as in food, I, E, D as in dog, L, E, R, at kcstage.com. Or if you'd like to comment um, to be on the podcast, you can leave us a voicemail at 816-23-STAGE. Please indicate your calling about the podcast, as this is the regular phone number for KC Stage Magazine. We'd like to thank KKFI-FM 90.1 for letting us record the podcast in this lovely studio, as well as Jason Bauer, who wrote the great theme music, A Variation of I Got Rhythm. A special thanks out to Ron Mickey for that lovely bumper recorded during his interview for KC Stage October Spotlight, available for sale now. Go to kcstage.com for more more info. Since this is an audio podcast, we're ending each podcast with a song, usually written and or performed by a local musician. If you're a musician and would like us to highlight something you've written, just send us a note, again, either by email, afeeler at kcstage.com or by calling 816-23-STAGE and mentioning the podcast. This month, we have All the Wrong Ways by the Tyler Fillmore Band, a St. Louis-based band named after the lead singer Tyler Fillmore. They have played all over and have just graduated from the University of Missouri and are now in the process of making a new album that will be recorded in Nashville. The band showcases a blend of acoustic pop, folk, and country music with a strong emphasis on vocal harmony. More information, including how to get the song on iTunes, can be found on their website, Tyler Fillmore Band, T-Y-L, E-R-F-I-L-M-O-R-E-B-A-N-D.com, which will be linked on our show notes. So here it is, All the Wrong Ways by the Tyler Fillmore Band. Mama told her go and bite a tongue she was never too much of a soft-spoken one I'm falling for her, what have I done? Because a war waged with her is one that surely can't be won She could use a candle to fight the wind Hold it up to a hurricane Bear the biggest window
chasing after her A beautiful disaster in every sense of the word She's a little firecrack and keeps me chasing after her Savvy's released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share-Alike License. For more information, visit creativecommons.org.